Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast, your weekly podcast where we get together to discuss all the news, rumors, and discussions going on in the video game world. I am one of your co-hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host, Adam, CS Radical. This week's episode, Project Spartacus is real, it's live, we have all the details, we're going to break them down for you. We're going to be talking all about that, as well as uh, whether games on services do impact sales. And lastly, we're going to be talking about the GTA 5 Shark Card membership program that they've just released. GTA Plus is what they're calling it. We're going to be talking about all that in this week's episode. Uh, if you like that and you want to hear more, you can always find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Pixel Play Podcast. And we have a new show to announce. Uh, you may have caught us last Saturday. There's a new episode, a new show called Cartridges and Quarters. This is going to be hosted by Adam, uh, CS Radical here, along with uh, our good friend Chris, at Chris and Jin. Jin and uh, Chris, actually. About... Sorry? Jin, Jin and Chris. Chris. My apologies. Jin and Chris. Uh, yeah, they're going to be talking about retro video games, kind of just a discussion conversation. It's a great show. I recommend you check it out. If you like that, check them out. And we're always going to be here for your weekly gaming news. With all that said, I'm going to skip the rest of the rigmarole and let's just get into it. Chris, uh, Adam, how are you doing? See, you're already met. now. Now that we have a third host, now you're like, oh god, now I'm going to now I'm going to start misnaming people. Yeah, well, it's hard because we we I was on that episode last week so now he's in my head but after that i'm never going to talk to him again so he's just dead to me. ah fair enough fair enough all right but i'm doing all right uh like i said you know with horizon done i've been i've been all over the place so i did i did mortal kombat and the aftermath story i have not played anything beyond just the story mode story mode was decent Mm -hmm. it was fan servicey as hell as mortal kombat games have been lately it feels very fan servicey like uh how the reboot was where it's just a lot of like old characters coming back 11 basically is the avengers endgame of mortal kombat where it's just like hey let's have the old timeline mixed with the new timeline and let's have all the old characters you know see their original selves and like get really weirded out by all this isn't that gonna be funny and i'm like yeah that's kind of neat and then by the end of the story i went that's it that's 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 the best you could do it wasn't bad but I, I by the end of it i'm like all right that at least that was only 10 hours out of my life that could have could have been worse but that was done so that that's over and done with and then i spent most of sunday and monday trying to find something to do so i went through a bunch of stuff i went through game pass i must have gone through like nearly 10 games trying stuff after about half an hour being like nah this is terrible i even gave a shot at death's door which i don't I say you. i don't hate but i did mm-hmm play it for maybe eh, maybe an hour or so and then put it down went to bed and then got up on monday and went i mean i didn't i don't hate it but i don't really have like an inkling to go back to it i felt like i got a little bit out of it i'm also the guy that like didn't play a ton of zelda growing up so like i'm not like completely infatuated with going out and playing those games a lot so now i'm trying to play uh, yakuza like a dragon again and I'm reminded about some of the things I don't like about JRPGs, which in Yakuza Like a Dragon is amplified to the nth degree, which is, hey, you want to grind a lot and play the same battles over and over again? To which I go, I mean, not really. I'd like to see some of the story. Good. Here's a bunch of level of two under level battles that you can just keep running into completely by accident because we spawn so many enemies in the map for you to walk into. Thanks. Yeah. Other than that, I'm doing good though. So let's let's talk about all the that's stupid good. shit that's been happening this week. Well, first I was gonna share with you. I this weekend got to I went to the movies and I saw the Uncharted movie. 
Yeah, oh. I'm one of those. I'm helping the cause. The Sony phone, the Sony pony in me is just like I have to go support it. Well, was was um, was it stupid shit? Because I've I've heard from multiple people. I mean, if you want to take it seriously, it it it's garbage. But if you want to just have fun, it's not bad. So I think the reviews of that game are, or that of that movie are kind of unfair. Um, I would describe Uncharted as an unnecessary but fun, decent movie. So yeah, it it's interesting in how they did it. Like, it's not a bad video game movie. Like I'd say this is probably one of the better, if not best video game movie that we have in the sense that they really kind of take what is uncharted, figure out like essence of it, and then just made a story. So it's a, it's a functional story. It's entertaining. There's like one scene that's kind of really dumb and like, okay, that's a little bit much, but I mean, it's well done. Like I had my, concerns about tom holland as nathan drake and he kind of actually isn't that bad like he's he's quippy he's you know holding his own in fights and stuff like it's a pretty good way of doing it as the origin uh origin story of nathan drake i think the the weaker side is mark Wahlberg. not that mark Wahlberg is a bad actor he's doing a bad job in this it's just he is mark Wahlberg, and he doesn't feel like a sully character so like my wife and i are both uncharted fans she's played the game i've played the game and he doesn't have that fatherly figure that you have from a uncharted game he feels more like a brother or like a friend as opposed to like you know he leans on on sully as like a, as a father figure but the movie's fine the, the the acting's great the story has some like the story's fine it's forgettable so in terms of like hey we're taking the idea of an uncharted game or making it into a movie that's great uh you know they do that scene of the airplane where he's hanging and that's cool and it fits in the story it doesn't feel shoehorned in but the other like i was saying to jen the problem is we already have an Uncharted movie. We have several of them, actually. We have Indiana Jones. We have National Treasure. We have, like, the Tomb Raider movies. Like, it's a it's a genre and a story and a movie that's been done tons of times in, in, in movies. And so it's not anything unique or groundbreaking. I think it carries over well into video games because we generally don't have a lot of, like, treasure hunty kind of Indiana Jones games. I mean, we have Tomb Raider and stuff, but I'd say it's pretty much Tomb Raider and Uncharted have this area on lockdown so i think for the most part it's kind of fine but it's it's already been done so like nothing original is there but it's not bad um it services the uncharted thing there's like some easter eggs which are kind of cool to see so overall i'd say it's success but whatever yeah that's that was yeah. that was it so i'd check it out like like most of the time most of the stuff i've heard about is like look it's it's similar to like how i felt when i watched suicide squad where i went look if you put any sort of critical eye to this thing, it's it's not fun. It's not good. Like, there's a lot of things wrong with mm -hmm. it. But, like, if you go in and just turn your brain off and try to have a good time, it sounds like that's what Uncharted is. Mm -hmm. Is it stupid because they decided to take a movie about a grown-ass man, you know, going on adventures trying to find lost treasure and then putting a guy who looks like he's perpetually 16 and then putting a guy who doesn't look nearly as old as Sully is? Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a bit of a weird choice, but it's also Hollywood, and Hollywood makes weird choices. See Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, so it's not like it's out of the ordinary that something like this would happen. So all you're thinking is, okay, well, if the set pieces are cool, if the action's cool, if the story is like basically followable, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what that does. So I go, okay, so it's passable. That's the most we can ask for because we live in, a, in an age where at least now video game movies are normally not just garbage by default. Now you're, now you're like, normally we're getting passable, which is good, good. So at least now we're we're slowly making that that change into like now every video game movie might be okay, and then soon we'll work our way to yeah. good. 
and then soon we'll work our way to great. Actually, that's all. I don't think we'll ever get to great. Hollywood does not take video games I'm very ho- well. I'm holding out for The Last of Us. HBO Last of Us is going to be amazing. Well, Halo I'm is seeming to not do very well, so that's kind of that's already getting people a little bit worried. No, no, this is Last of Us. Last of Us is perfect in every way, and I will not have this conversation any further. No further questions. Thank you. <laughs> until until, uh, it, until speaking- it's bad, and then you're going to be like, no comment. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, sticking with the PlayStation theme, let's jump into the first and probably biggest story of this week. Uh, Project Spartacus has been revealed. This is now official. Uh, yeah, so we now have all the details in terms of what it is, what it's offering. So I'm just going to go through the blogcast uh, or the PlayStation blog, and we'll just go through and kind of break down the different levels available for PlayStation. I guess they're just still calling it PlayStation Plus, but now it's just got tiered levels. So... First level, this is your basic level. This is what you currently have if you have a PlayStation Plus membership. This is called PlayStation Plus Essentials. So the benefits with this, it provides the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are currently getting today, such as two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, online multiplayer access. There are no changes for existing PlayStation Plus members in this tier. Price for this PlayStation Plus Essentials remains the same as the current price for PlayStation Plus. In the U.S., and I'm just going to do U.S. numbers, uh, I'll do Europe too. United States, $9.99 a month, $24 or $25 quarterly, $60 yearly. Europe, $9.9 euros a month, $25 euros a quarter, $60 euros a year. Uh, jumping down to PlayStation, the next tier, this is PlayStation Extra. So the benefits here provides all the benefits from the essential tier, along with a catalog of 400-plus games for the, uh, of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. Price for this, uh, you're paying about $5 a month more uh, monthly or $15 quarterly or $60 yearly. So $15, $40, and $100 yearly, uh, and it looks about the same in Europe. Lastly is the highest tier. This is the PlayStation Plus Premium. So it provides all the benefits from Essential and Extra tiers, adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming, a catalog of beloved games available in both streaming and downloaded options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generations. Offers cloud streaming access uh, for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in extra and premium tiers in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Uh, So the price for this, you are looking at $18 monthly, $50 quarterly, or $120 yearly, uh, and that looks to be about the same in Europe. So they continue, the new extra premium tiers represent a major evolution for PlayStation Plus. With these tiers, our key focus is to ensure that hundreds of games we offer will continue the best quality content uh, that sets us apart. At launch, we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, and Miles Morales, both of them, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. We're closely working with our imaginative developers from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the most best gaming experiences available with a library that will regularly be refreshed. More details to come on the games we have on our PlayStation Plus service. Uh, and yeah, I think they're going to be planning to have this all roll out uh, by the end of the first half of 2022. So Adam, initial first thoughts, what do you think of this service? 
Well, aside from the absolute joy that I get that PlayStation finally revealed news before one of our shows rather than literally the day after, which I do appreciate for once, um, I said the last time that we talked about potentially what Spartacus could look like that my goal was for this thing to at least make me consider buying. And it's done that. Mm. Now, does that mean it's amazing? No. I also did mention too, and I think we both mentioned it, that we don't expect this to be at the level of Game Pass, and unsurprisingly, it's not. Even if that in the extra tier, the 400 games that they're putting in there are actually like really good and then a bunch of indies, even then, it just isn't going to match what Game Pass does because Game Pass is willing to do basically everything day one. Two clarifications here. So uh, the top tier will have, because it's 400 games from the... Uh, yeah, because extra, I believe, is, is PS4 and PS5, and then the premium is going to be the, the old school stuff. Yeah. So you're looking at about 750 yeah, games. Yeah, well, what I mean, I was saying like the extra tier comparing to Game Pass, right? So like you're talking a lot of PS4 and PS5 games. I assume some of them will be third-party, like bigger ones that we would expect. Like, I'm sure you'll see some sort of like name in there. I don't think it's going to be what we expect from or what we see PlayStation now being, which is a lot of like indie shovelware that most people would never touch. Like I'm sure Adventure Time games are are cool if you're into Adventure Time, but I don't think it's the big thing you want to be seeing when you're going through a streaming library. Um when I look at what's there without seeing what's on that list, all I can say is honestly like it's it's a good step it's a step forward. It's certainly better than what they're offering. The pricing honestly could be worse. I don't hate it. I, it depends again on what the list is though. I might end up by the time that they show what the full list is, or if we just have to wait till we get to get to the stuff ourselves and we find that full list there. Um, I may change my mind and saying, no, look, they didn't put anything good on here. I know when uh, me and Chris get together to do our first episode of, uh, of cartridge and quarters, we're going to talk about, specifically what we'd like to see on that list because they are mentioning ps2 ps3 psp and if it's a bunch of games that don't matter then it's not a big deal but if that like let's say the ps2 list alone if they throw your core games like you would expect like your ratchets your jacks your socom stuff like that and then throw some really interesting like obscure ones that are like hard to buy because they're like 300 dollars like your Suikoden's, like stuff like that, where it gets into like really difficult territory for even a collector to get a hold of. I think that's a really cool thing. But then when it comes to just the PS4, PS5 tier, like it's going to come down to okay, can the list of 400 be at least 25% good games and not just a bunch of indie titles that no one's ever heard of? Because look, we've said this plenty of times here, we're not bashing indie, but like, it's not nearly as attractive to go into a library and not know what like 90% of the games in the library are. You know, it's cool to just try them without having to worry about spending any money on them, but you also may not even have the interest to even click on them in the first place. So like you want to look at that library initially and see, let's say at least 50, maybe close to a hundred of games that you go, I recognize that. Even if you've already played them, it at least makes you go, okay, so they're not just putting crap on here. You want to know that they're at least giving you something worth the extra money you're spending on. And like, and we'll probably both agree on this too, until we see that list, it's more like, okay, I don't hate this, but I'm not ready to say I love it yet. 
Yeah, I feel for this, like, I'm somewhat interested, and it's kind of weird because, like, the PlayStation Plus Essentials is fine. It's PlayStation Plus, and I feel like that's become less and less of PlayStation's focus. The games seem to be kind of, you know, this seems like they're putting less effort into PlayStation Plus. And it's interesting to say two monthly downloadable games because, I like, for the last little while, we've been getting three to four games, so it sounds like they're actually cutting back how much you're getting on PlayStation Plus um yeah which so which is not I, surprising it's a business way of being like hey just pay a couple extra bucks look at all these other games you can just access at any time and we'll also exactly. see too down the line like if they interchange stuff like game pass obviously removes stuff within about a year so we don't mm-hmm. know if this is just a consistent library or if it's something oh, that they like, do they'll remove it, as they come and go they do say that it is a rotating library okay of games so then it's um, game pass yeah I do like the fact that it is downloadable games. I think that's really good to have on your server instead of having to like, you know, stream it. If it was just um, streaming, especially... yeah, we'd have a problem. Yeah. Well, cause I tried PlayStation now and I was playing journey, which is fine. Like it's a game that doesn't require a huge internet connectivity, but I could not have imagined playing something that was a little bit more twitchy, like a call of duty or even just so... something like in the, in the sense of like even a Spider-Man, because like, it's going to be really noticeable when you're, when you're web slinging through the air and all of a sudden it's just, you get a little bit of a jitter. It's like, it's going to annoy you after a while. Streaming's just not quite exactly. there yet. Like it's, it's gotten a lot better, but we're still not at that point where it's seamless. And that's kind of where it needs to be for it to be taking like as a, as a common thing that you're going to spend money for. Like, I don't feel like, and I, and I understand people's complaints going to the PS3 thing I've seen, which is everybody really upset that PS3 is only being streaming right now. You got to remember mm-hmm. that PS3 is a weird animal with the way they built that console. So yeah, it's not as Jag- easy to emulate it like a Jaguar processor. Yeah. And I, and I've seen people argue, well, people outside of the company done it. Yeah. But they had a loving interest in doing it. Sony has a business interest in doing it. I know people hate hearing mm-hmm. this, but like, if it costs them a bunch of money to get people in a room to do this, why would they do that? Like, it's just, it's easier for them yeah. to just say, just throw it on this, on this cheap ass streaming thing we've developed and just do that. It's, it's going to require less resources. So like, yeah, I get it. And, and the majority of the complaints that I've seen, I agree with. It's just in the sense of me as a fan is different from Sony, the businessman who is still trying to make profit off of this. So like, as much as I want to say, yeah, it'd be nice if the entire PS1, 2, 3, and PSP and Vita library was on here, I knew going in it was not going to be that. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see the Vita library on there because the Vita also brings the problem that it has touchscreen capabilities and stuff on there that does make it hard to translate. Um, for me, like I look at PlayStation Premium. It's cool. I don't think the price justifies it. Like You're paying an extra... 20 bucks a year to get some old school games i mean when i say it like that it sounds good but like i don't know how often i'm not often wanting to go back to play retro games continuously i mean there's a couple that i go back every once in a while and i'm like oh i'd love to play this i'd love to play that um one that comes to mind like i've never played a meta like the original metal gear and i kind of feel like maybe that might be one to worth trying but i don't know for me it looks like the essential the playstation extra is probably the best deal of the three yeah, I would agree too. I mean, get. it's a jump because it's forty bucks US extra a year, but you know, if that if that four hundred game library is actually like good and it rotates decent stuff in it, I'm I'm surprised that with the six games they did announce because they announced that God of War, Death Stranding, mm-hmm. both Spider Mans. Actually, I think it might have been five. No, no, there were six: Mortal Kombat Eleven and Returnal. That's at least two mm-hmm. games at at the launch of that that I would go. 
okay, there's a reason for me to try it out. I assume that because I have like X amount of time of, of PlayStation Plus already in that I could buy a mm-hmm. month of extra at like maybe the extra cost that's left, like the five bucks US. I hope yeah. so because I don't want to have to pay full price for a month that I'm going to maybe use a little bit. I hope that like if I just choose to, I can keep doing what I do normally, which is buying a year of, of Plus and then, you know, if, if there's some games on that list that I want to try and I have no backlog so I can just spend that that month doing those games, I can pop in an extra five bucks. I guess in Canadian, it's going to be more like seven or eight. But hey, that exchange rates is mm-hmm. what it is. Um, you know, I can do that. And if I want to play Death Stranding and Returnal and get those games out of my system, it's only going to cost me, what, 10 bucks extra? That's not bad. Like, realistically, yeah. there's a couple of games that you'd rather say, okay, I'm going to set this month aside for it. And it's going to cost me at most 10 bucks to play those couple of games that I was unsure about. And if I don't like them, well, really it cost me 10 bucks. It's a good deal. If that rotation sticks, like I said, before, while I started the sense, I'm surprised horizon zero dawn didn't get included because you figure it would make sense with forbidden West where it is, you know, but I guess because forbidden West is going to be like potentially three to four months old by the time this thing comes out, maybe they go, ah, it's not really going to be a selling point this time. I think it's a situation that, they probably don't want to put it on there. Like you said, it is a timing thing, but it's also like if they put it up there, the people might go with the idea that it is going to be the forbidden West and it's not. So they may not want to set those expectations super high only for that letdown. Well, I would also then Um, tell people of read because I don't think Sierra Dawn and forbidden West are hard to distinguish, but it's 2022. Nobody reads. I know it's true. I, Um, in, in that same light, God of war makes sense because Ragnarok is probably coming out this year. So if you give that hmm. for people to, get for essentially free or if you really want to be technical five to ten dollars depending on which part of the country you're or which part of the other the world you're in Mm -hmm. that's not a bad deal to be like hey the next game's coming out if you haven't played the first one before just get this monthly thing we have and boom there it is right there for you go have fun i think that makes a lot of sense honestly yeah the biggest gripe i think i have the biggest mistake um, or one of them that they've made with this is I think, and I've talked about this in, in our speculative episode, they mentioned that time uh, limited time limited game trials are going to be offered on the highest tier, which I think is a mistake. I think that should have been a PlayStation Plus Essentials, maybe an extra tier. I feel like having those demos locked behind the highest one is an issue. But the way I look at it, I'm going to use, I think, PlayStation Plus Extra as my demo service. I'll pay it for 15 bucks for the month. I'll try it a bunch of games and then I go out and I'll buy those games that I want to play. And that way I'm not one feeling obligated to rush through it. So I don't pay for an extra month because I can just go pick it up from the store knowing that I'm going to like it. So that's how I see I'm going to use this service. Well, when it comes to the game trials thing, it also doesn't help that they weren't very clear what that meant because Mm -hmm. does that just mean game trials for like just this massive myriad of games? Or is this like day one games? Hey, you want to try this, here's a two-hour segment that you can play that just starts from the beginning until the two hours are up and you're done. So if you want to try this, like, let's say it's God of War Ragnarok. Hey, you want to try Ragnarok? Okay, get this get this tier. We'll give you two hours. And Sony, that would be two hours from when you hit go, not when you start the download. Let's let's keep that in mind. And, yeah, I remember that one with the Death Stranding one. Yeah, because I do, when, when we're talking like game trials, I don't think we're talking traditional demos. We're not talking like developers cutting a segment out of a game that they want to show off and then throwing it on for free. Oh, I think we're actually talking just from start to X amount of time. 
I think that's mm-hmm. what they're going for. And if that's the case, if I'm correct in that assumption, it makes sense to put it in that tier because the argument you then make as a businessman is, okay, let's say I'm trying to sell Ragnarok and people are unsure if it's going to be any good. I don't know why, but we're just using that game as the example. You know, if we give it away to the essentials, if we give it away to the lowest tier, that's a lot of people that could suddenly buy our piece of shit game, and now that's no money. Hmm. If we lock it to the highest tier, most people won't. They'll pre they'll keep in the hype train, and the only people that are going to be using this part of our li- of of our uh, subscription service are the ones that are going to spend more money on other games anyway. So if they don't buy Ragnarok, that's okay. They'll buy 10 other things that we want them to buy anyway, so it's of no real loss to us. If we put all of like I don't know what it means. If it's all through day ones, that would be an interesting way of going about it because I don't think there wouldn't be that much of a loss to them because the majority of players that would be using it have like a million other things they can spend their money on. So I don't know if if it's that much of a loss for them. So it makes sense for them to put it in that tier, in my opinion. Now, See, again, the do I mind. hate that it's that that's the case? I, yeah, but like, I, I think I get it from the perspective of, you know, it's no loss cause if the guy's spending the most money monthly are doing this because it's not A, it's not going to be that many and B, those are the, probably the same people that are spending a lot of money on our store already. So we're not losing much. Well, this is what I was going to kind of argue is I think it makes more sense to put it on the essential platform. And this is because I don't think they'd be putting a lot of like third party crap games on there. I think the timed exclusives or the timed demos will be the exclusives. So this will be like your Horizon Forbidden West, your Ragnaroks, your next Spider-Man game. And I think it only helps to have those games out there so that people get their hands on it. So people who are on the fence, yeah, like try it. And they're like, oh, this is as good as I thought it was going to be. I'm going to grab it or you have games like Returnal or Demon's Souls where I'm like, hey, this game's getting some praise, but I don't know if it's for me. I'm going to try it, and then it'll convert me to be like, yep, I need to go out and buy this game. Whereas right now, I'm sitting waiting for it to drop down to, you know, 20, 30 bucks because I don't want to gamble that this game that is not my genre might not be for me, despite the fact that it's getting massive praise. The problem I see is with the PlayStation Plus Premium, this is a weird niche audience because this is kind of like designed for your hardcore gamers you know i'd say you know the people who are diehard playstation fans who've been there for the entire time and i think the problem is a lot of those people are the ones who are already going out buying games day one they're the people who've been playing your systems for like the longest time and they probably already have a library in the sense of um they're going to have the library already whether it's like just holding their old systems or they've played them already like it's not going to be a lot new there and i've I, as a Sony like fanboy, I don't necessarily feel compelled that I need to go back and play old games. I want to play new games. And so I think like that's why the PlayStation Plus Extra appeals to me more so than the premium. Well, and, and, I'll, and I'll make two arguments also. Uh, I think there's a fear that they would lose more money by putting in the essential than the, than the opposite. Because as of December of last year, there were 48 million subscribers to PS Plus, which is a lot. And hmm. let's let's just do an estimate. Let's assume that let's say a, like the way that I would kind of guess that this will go is that it'll be something between fifty to seventy percent will stay at the normal. You'll get anywhere between like ten to thirty doing the extra, and then like at most, I would say ten percent of all PS Plus users will be the high tier. So your thinking is if over half of your customer base is getting these game trials, and 
it ends up being a Gran Turismo 7 situation because for those who don't know, Gran Turismo 7 has been turned into a bit of a grind fest and has gotten some very negative reception since. And if people become aware of that, and if you and like, let's, again, I'm just going to use the two hour buffer. It could be more, it could be less. I have no idea. Two hours just seems like that rough, that like perfect spot where it's enough to get a, to digest it, but it's not too long that you get exposed to too much. So if you play two hours of GT7 and all you do is you, is you play, you know, just basic racing and you look at how much you're you're getting in those two hours and then you see how much everything costs, you're going to look at that and be like, I'm not spending $80 on this. I think their worry is that if they do that, it's going to cause probably more loss than it will cause buys. It may be the opposite, but I think in their minds, they're thinking it's too risky. Mm-hmm. And as for the second point, which I've spent so much time talking about that I kind of half forgot what it was. So, uh, go on, you, you continue on as I try to search what the hell that second point was. Cause now it's completely lost for me. It's okay. Let's, let's bring it into like the last point. this is something that a lot of people have brought up. Uh, they did mention the fact that exclude like day, this is not going to be a day one service like, uh, game pass. This is going, they're going to bring out games later on. And so they mentioned like the games that are coming from the PS five era are things like returnal, uh death strand which i assume is going to be the director's edition the miles morales game so they're not new games like by the time this comes out returnal will have been a year miles morales will have been almost 18 months um, which makes death sense Stranding we kind of is... guessed that that it was probably going to be like if anything was going to get put on the service it was probably going to be at least six to 12 month buffer on everything which makes perfect sense for sony's business model hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna get into it with the fact that jim what jim ryan said and why they're they're not putting on those but do you think that is a mistake or that's a that's a like is that a problem for the service is that gonna be the death note for this service is is that gonna be a deal breaker god no not having not not at all i think what it is is the reality check that we have now in this console war as i do it in quotation fingers um that microsoft with what i believe is like a two point three trillion dollar market cap or billion dollar market cap and then sony has like a 130 billion dollar cap i think it was Hmm. there's just a massive difference in funds so microsoft is is able to do this and it's and even if they lose money you know it's going elsewhere they can make that back whereas sony it's not as simple as that if sony put forbidden west and everything else out at launch and all you have to do is pay five extra dollars a month to what you're already doing that to them would be a major loss. So I, as a gamer, would I love to see Forbidden West in the same way that I can play Halo Infinite right now? Yeah, sure, of course I would, but not everything comes that easy. I still have to remind people that, like, we if you had told us that Game Pass would exist, like, five years ago, we'd call you crazy because what company would do that business model? Like, yeah, put all their best games on day one on a service that you have to pay monthly for that's, like, slightly above what we're paying right now. Are you out of your mind? They would never do that. And here we are looking at Game Pass being like, holy crap, they did it. And now I think everybody just expects that to be the norm. And I also kind of am in this, like, spot of wanting to say, hey, gamers, just so you're aware, just because Microsoft started Game Pass does not mean it's going to stay like how it is. You know, it might be something that they lower or they might up the price a lot. They might start taking away day run releases down the line. They may end the service entirely. I think we're also taking this for granted and just assuming that because Microsoft's done it, everybody else is going to. Sony has no vested interest in doing this. Nintendo certainly does not have any vested interest in doing this. So, like, 
the fact that a lot of people I think were hoping that this would be it really should have stopped hyping themselves up because it just doesn't make business sense for companies that don't have the kind of money to burn that Microsoft does, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, I think... It's weird. Like, I think it's an issue. Like, I think it would have been a better service for, for them to have the day one on there. And it would have definitely sold more. But I think from PlayStation's perspective, this is designed more for looking back. It, it seems like it serves more of the retro and the backwards compatibility more so than it serves what's coming down the pipe going forward. Because they are highlighting like, hey, it's PS4 games. It's PSP, PS1, PS2 games so this is designed i see it more as a backwards compatibility offering than i do see it as a you know looking forward and this is your way of consuming games so i think i'm going to switch it over i'm going to bring in this next article and this is can i just make one statement uh, before that yeah go for it because i'll one up your statement i don't think it has anything to do with backwards compatibility i think they just did this so that people would stop criticizing them for not doing anything to counter game pass i think this to them was like Okay, we got to do something just so they shut up. So let's do this. Do do as like as little as we possibly can, but bef- you know, just to make it look like we did some changes. And don't get me wrong, like they didn't even have to do this. I I think what they've put out, depending on what that library looks like on both tiers, could be like better than we expected, or could be worse than we expected. It could just be another PlayStation Now with just downloads instead of streaming. You know, it it could not might not be that much better, but like. I just look at it as a simple thing of we're getting it. You don't have to, you can stick like they really don't seem like they've changed much with what's going to be essential. So it's, it's just an addition that I think they're just doing just so people get off their backs about it. Honestly. Well, I think it's a nice way that they combine because for the longest time they've been trying to promote and sell both PlayStation now and you know, the um, PlayStation plus. So I think this is a good way for them to kind of take both and amalgamate it in one it's one message. It's one, you know, center for, you know, driving people towards like it's not competing with itself. And so I think that's what they're kind of working towards with this. But I'm going to talk about why we're not seeing those first party day one launches on this. And this is coming from Christopher Ding at GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, and so they're talking with Jim Ryan and he is quoted as saying, or they, they say, Sony's new PlayStation Plus subscription offerings boast online multiplayer access, hundreds of PS4 games, PS5 games, all uh, streaming retro titles and game trials. But what it doesn't include, unlike its main competitor, are new first-party games that launch in the service at the same time as they come out at retail. Uh, Jim Ryan is quoted as saying, we'll feel like we are in a good virtuous cycle with the studios, explains PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan, where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that, we like that cycle, and we think our gamers like that cycle too. He continues, in terms of putting our games into this service or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road we're going to go down in the, with the new service. We feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle would be broken. The level of investment that we need to make to in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of these games we make would not be something that gamers want. Uh, and I'm going to bring this in as well uh there was a separate article that was brought in from gdc and this is coming from uh tom ivan at video game chronicle uh and they were talking with phil spencer about whether games can be viable on xbox without 
uh, being on Game Pass. So they write, uh, Microsoft head of gaming has said titles that don't have don't have to be on Xbox Game Pass to stand a chance of being successful on the company's console. During a G- during GDC a GDC chat with Xbox exec Sarah Bond, Phil Spencer said he's frequently asked by developers whether it's worthwhile releasing their products on Xbox if they're not on Game Pass. I also want to be clear, and he continues on. I also want to be clear to people that out there that. Um, for us at Xbox, there's not one business model that we think is going to win, he said. I often get asked by developers, if I'm not in the subscription, am I not just not viable on Xbox anymore? And it's absolutely not true. Uh, they look at, uh, he continues, like we look at a retail of people selling games, buying games is an important part of our P&L, profit and loss statement. You know that. And it's something that we invest resources in to be able to enable our developers and to do great work here. I fundamentally believe a strength for us is in the video game business is the diversity of our business models and the strengths of those. Definitely in Xbox, we invest in the business models that developers are asking for and ensuring those are flourishing. So every year we see great new experiences that come to our platform that might never have been built if the business model capability wasn't there on our platform. So essentially what he's saying is that, you know, they're both talking about this idea of, does it make sense to have games on your service day one or not? And my question to you, Adam, is, is it better to have games on your service day one, or is it better to have them be standalone copies for sale? As a person who is not like fluid in business, I actually don't know the answer. Hmm. If if it came to the choice of like, would I rather like as a fan again, would I rather it be day one on a service? Of course I would, but like business wise, do do I think? <sighs> It's so hard to say because it really comes down to what do you want more? Do you want 10 million copies of a game sold physically or digitally like in full price? Or do you want 50 million users using your service at 15 bucks a month or however much? It's it's really hard to determine what that means to you because I I, I would assume that you as as either a studio or as Sony themselves or as Microsoft or as Nintendo... I would imagine that you would prefer the physical digital storefront making the sales because it's one single property making as much as it is, but that's assuming that it's going to be a big seller. That's assuming it's going to do millions of copies. But if you're like, say, an indie developer and Microsoft's willing to give you, let's just say a flat hundred grand, no matter what, I, it's hard to say, like, it really depends on who depends on what the dollar amount is from the service that you're getting paid. I think there's a lot of factors that like, if we knew what they all were, we could come up with a better response. But like from a business perspective, it really depends on what game we're talking about. If we're talking an indie game, I think you'd rather go the service model. But if you're say, you know, like any Sony first party developer, you'd rather it be sold on its own because it's probably going to sell a lot. Like, it, like God of War, I don't think any hope in hell they would want that day one because that thing is going to sell minimum six, seven, eight million copies, both at or at full price physically or digitally within the first week. So, like, hmm. that's a lot of money on the table that you suddenly lose if you're just giving it to people for 15 bucks a month. And even if every single person gets the extra tier, you know, and even and and downloads it like yeah sure you're making all that money now but for everything else you release that month now you're not making anything for it so i think it's it's not as simple like 
I, I would have to know so much more with the numbers of how it all works before I could even have a good idea of it. I just, I can't see as a business you just wanting to give away product for such a small fee. I just can't see it. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's logic behind it, but like, I, I'd have to know so much more than what I know now as just like a basic casual fan that doesn't go too deep into the, like the, the full on business structure of these things. I just look at Game yeah. Pass and go, I pay X, get all these things. Cool. And that's kind of where I end on it. So, Yeah, I think definitely from like, I, I say probably from a consumer standpoint, the service probably makes more sense than to have those games A1 digitally. But I think from a business perspective, it makes sense as to why you would not want to have your games on, on a service like Game Pass or the new PlayStation Plus. I think you're totally right. If you are an indie developer, I think it makes sense to kind of start out and be like, hey, let's put our our game on Game Pass or whatever. Get that exposure, get it out there, get people talking about it, and then you have people going out and buying it through that word of mouth. But with PlayStation and these first-party games, I don't think it makes sense to put it on, on as a day one because that's PlayStation's bread and butter. Like, they are known as a console-exclusive studio. And to put those all just on a one-day service, like, you're really cons- you're you're cannibalizing your sales. I mean, you think about the fact that this year alone, PlayStation, the amount of PlayStation exclusives that we have, like we've had, or we're going to have so far, we've had Sifu, we've had Horizon, we've had, and and we've got um, Gran Turismo, we're going to have God of War. Like there's a lot of exclusives. And if you're assuming we're charging $70 a pop for one of those, like if you put all those games on day one, you are now losing sales theoretically in the sense that you're you're before getting maybe three four games to purchase out of someone you're now only getting two um so i think it depends on the attach rate so for playstation it makes sense for them to say hey the exclusives out you're going to be hyped up for god of war like the the diehard fans want to play day one they are not going to wait that six months to a year for the game to get released they want to be part of that zeitgeist they want to be part of that hype machine and they're going to go out and play I'm a sucker for that. Do I know it, make, it doesn't make sense? And it's probably not good for me as a consumer. Yeah, I totally know that. But I love being part of that conversation. I love being part of that hype moment. And so I go out and I buy those games that I'm really excited for. I'm not going to wait six months to a year for it to come out. So for them, it makes sense for them to keep it off so that I am to go out and buy it. And then what happens is you've got your your people who would wait a year to six months for it to go on sale, for it to get you get a used copy. For them, it's like, yeah, I can wait, so I might as well just jump on Game Pass. And now Sony is taking a bite, I wouldn't say destroying, but taking a bite out of that used game market in the sense that people are like, I'll just play it when it comes out on PlayStation Plus. So for them, it makes sense. Xbox, on the other hand, I think... Sorry, I was going to say on Xbox, on the other hand, like it makes more sense that I don't know if games are viable from an Xbox perspective because you do have those day one passes. So you have Halo, you have uh, Forza coming out day one. So why would I go out and buy a game when I just sort of expect it to come out onto a Game Pass service? I'm less likely to buy it because I've already got the service with all these other games. So it kind of works on the opposite side. I think the other problem with Xbox, granted right now, this is a problem that they are correcting, but you also don't have as many exclusives coming out in a year. So for Xbox, it makes more sense to just say, hey, yeah, services out here and every once in a while we're going to drop some of our first party studios day one but there's all these other games that are going to be coming day one as well to fill the void so i think it makes sense why each of those have their strategy and i think they are two different places so it doesn't necessarily yeah it does not necessitate one copying the other yeah so like 
We have examples of both working. Like obviously Horizon Forbidden West is a very big you know, seller for them that sold on its own and did what it did. You have examples in Sony alone where if you make your you make even if you make yourself free, like literally free, it can work. I mean, you look at PlayStation Plus games that have done really, really well for themselves, like Rocket League has become a massive game. Fall Guys, mm. massive game. You know, you can make an argument, even just from Sony's side. Like, if you're not sure about a new IP and you want to get as many eyeballs on it and you're confident that that thing is going to make you money in the long term, put that first game on for for that tier on day one. And if it ends up being a blockbuster, you put that second game out, you're selling hotcakes like Horizon Forbidden West probably has. And now you can get so many eyeballs on it that everybody's played it, everybody knows it's legit, and it works out. Now, it may also come with the downside that if it's not good, you know, you expose it to a lot of people, and now you're done. Like, you can't put that thing out again because everybody knows it's not great. So it works both ways. But, like, there are proven examples that you can put a game on day one on that tier and it will do fine. It's very possible that it can work. It's just a matter of, is like, are you risk assessing it right? Like, are you looking at it being like, do we, are we okay with taking a loss now to make a ton of money later? And especially if your game has like, again, the microtransaction bug, G or Gran Turismo 7 would have worked pretty well in this instance, knowing what we know now, because now you don't have to think about it being you know, a game, a game riddled with microtransactions that you already paid 80 bucks for. Now you can know, oh, I just paid this monthly fee. Okay, sure, I'll buy a couple of things here. So maybe it equals about half the price that I would have paid for it if I got it at launch. There are ways around it. I think both can be served well. I think what PlayStation has set up has the possibility for them to tweak it however they like it. You know, if they want to put a certain game day one, they can. They can change their minds as many times as they want and decide that the next one isn't going to be day one, or maybe maybe the next one after that is day one. Like, they can do whatever they really want, and I think both business models can work. It's just very situational, and you got to know ahead of time if the risk is worth the reward in that case. Because, you know, if you put the next IP that you're planning on being a trilogy, and it goes out to everyone, they're not paying much for it, and it ends up falling on deaf ears... All that money you sunk into it, if you put a lot into that, expecting it to be like the next Horizon IP that just kills it, it doesn't go very well. Like if Days Gone got this treatment, would Days Gone have gotten even further exposed? Hard to say. It's it's so yeah. tough. But like when you see what examples of like, like I said, Rocket League and Fall Guys have done, there's a real shot that if you take a stab with something and you're hoping that your next project in the, with the same studio can do better than that, now you unlock the chance to be like, all right, this one won't be day one and it's going to make us a ton. So it, it goes both ways, I think. I think, but I think there's a double-edged, not a double-edged sword, but I think what PlayStation is doing is a little bit smarter than Xbox because I think it's easier to kind of trickle out new games day one than it is to reel it back. And I think Xbox might be painting themselves in a corner where you've now released some of your biggest games and there's now this expectation that Xbox games are always going to be day one, day one um, game pass games. So now if you start having games like Starfield or the sequel to Starfield being a huge success, you, it's going to be really hard for you to make that argument that you're going to claw back and be like, yeah, Hey, we know you love game pass. This game though is not going to be on game pass day one. Like it's going to be hard to bring that back where I think it's easy for Sony every once in a while. And they do this already to kind of say, yep, this one's going to be a PlayStation uh, day one, like 
Game Pass game. And we see that with Rocket League. We even see things that with like Destruction All-Stars. But I think the pattern that we see with those is that those are online games where you are going in and you need to have that player base, right? Fall Guys is, was a great game, but let's be honest, how many of us would have bought in Fall Guys if it was a full retail game? Actually, a lot, a lot, a lot of people probably would have because they did have a lot I of hype just, going in. No, like I had massive hype going into that game along with a bunch of friends and we didn't know it was going to be free yet. And then when it got announced yeah. as such, we were like, oh shit, now I don't even have to pay for it and I get to try this out. Oh, I'm so excited. And now because of that, the people who didn't know or the people that weren't sure about it, they were able to try it and tell everybody else after it was taken off that month to go get it. And now there's all their money back or there's all the skins that they did. I think it can work yeah. in the same way. Even for a single player game, I think it could potentially work that way because if it's low enough, like under the radar, you can take a real stab at it and throw this innocuous, like single player game out there for essentially free. It get a lot of attention. And for those who either just aren't able to pay for a month, maybe, or those who just weren't interested in it at first, and then they see the hype train all of a sudden, there's a bunch of customers now that can spend money on that game in the future. Not to mention, you know, maybe they're just, they can wait for a sale. It doesn't matter. You're still making more money than you make off the 15 bucks a month. And again, if you're a newer studio, or if this is like one of PlayStation's new, like say, hey, they put Haven's first game on this thing, you know, all of a sudden now, you know, okay, if this Haven game is amazing. Now, anytime you see Haven, it's going to be awesome. And it doesn't have to be day one anymore. So I think it goes both ways. You can either take the risk of hoping that you have a game that people have to spend full price for and it ends up being great, like Returnal, and did decently well. Or you could have taken a real risk with a game like Returnal, put it on that tier, and all of a sudden, the next time Mark makes a game, now everybody's going, oh shit, these guys killed it with Returnal last time. I'm definitely ready to see what these guys do next. You get that hype train started and it works really well. You know, I think it's very applicable. Yeah. And I think because like you said earlier, Xbox is going to have a hard time going backwards without pissing off a lot of people. Whereas Sony is, if anything, taking a very small step forward, like sinking their toes like in the water for the first time and have a chance to like try a couple of things here without really taking away any credibility that they can't really piss away because they haven't done any precedent that they can take away from yeah i think i think that's gonna be the the thing i think it was smart for playstation well as a consumer i'm not on board with it i think from a business standpoint it made a lot of sense for them to kind of keep those day one games off of playstation plus oh of course i would have loved to have been playing demon souls right now because i would love to try getting my ass handed to me and quit after two hours without having to pay 60 dollars. but hey like it is what it is but i'm i'm happy exactly. to say at least i'll finally get to try death stranding and Returnal come like around june when this thing comes out because both you and me were talking about how we're unsure about getting Returnal until it's like at least half off. Now we don't have to think about it. Now it's going to be like 75, 80% off. So there you go. This is what's going to sell me on Returnal. That's what I'm probably going to be. I'm going to probably buy a two or three months membership just to give Returnal a and shot. And just in time for it to be a multiplayer game too. We could play it together. We could. We could. Except I don't play multiplayer games. Well, well, I'm then you suck. Exception. I'll make an exception for you. I'll make an exception for you. No, nope, no. Nope. You, 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 <laughs> you already badmouthed me. This, this relationship is over. And now I have a second podcast oh, that... to go to. I can go somewhere else, sir. <laughs> no don't leave <laughs> next episode uh, Caitlin just sitting alone being like cyberpunk was good you guys can you count sitting here by himself recording and no one's gonna see it because I have no idea how to do this <laughs> on the show 
uh adam let's wrap up with the last news story of the week uh hey how do you do do you like gta 5 i did about 10 years ago did you buy the did you buy the playstation 4 version uh yes did you buy the playstation 5 version well technically yes but that's because it was free on my end so technically would you like to give Rockstar even more money on a monthly basis? Well, considering I have uh, over $10 million in currency on there that I earned, uh, no, I'm actually kind of good. Well, I mean, I figure if PlayStation's going to have a, a, a like a service fee, if Xbox is, why not GTA as well? So uh, this is coming straight from the Rockstar webpage. Uh, they're announcing GTA+. Plus. Uh, GTA Plus is a new membership program exclusively for GTA Online on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S, launching on March 29th. Hey, that's today. Uh, and providing easy access to a range of valuable benefits for both new and long-standing players on the latest generation consoles. Being a GTA Plus member gets you recurring monthly uh, gets you a recurring monthly $500,000 direct deposit to your May's bank account. That's GTA money, not real money. Uh, plus the opportunity to claim properties in and around Los Santos that unlock gameplay updates you may have missed out on. Special vehicle upgrades, member-only discounts, GTA dollars, and RP bonuses. And more each month. Uh, the service costs $5.99 per month. Adam, if we're comparing this, let's say PlayStation Plus, Games Pass, and GTA Plus, how would you rank this one? Uh, I wouldn't even put GTA Plus on the list. Does that work for you? Yeah, that's fine. Tell me why this is a terrible idea. Well, let, let's let's. How how do I explain this without like screaming into this microphone and breaking it, and then also breaking everybody's ears who you know are listening to the show? Um, do you don't have to go very like far before you, you just start at the top where they say you'll get five hundred thousand dollars monthly. You know what also gives you that? Amazon Prime. And I think Amazon Prime actually gives you a million. You know what Amazon Prime also gives you? Not just random crap in a video game that you'll play once in a blue moon these days. That's also like nearly a decade old. You know what Amazon Prime gives you? Stuff shipped from across the goddamn planet to you. Really fast. You know what it you know what GTA Plus doesn't give you? That. But it, I guess it does give you a little bit of currency and some cars and you know some clothes and you know some some money and, and experience bonuses and the ability to upgrade your yacht that's also really freaking expensive, good lord. As a guy who played GTA online, the yacht is probably the most ridiculous thing in the game because it takes a stupid amount of money just to have a base yacht. And then when you actually want to make it look not like shit, good luck. You're going to be grinding forever doing that. I know because I did that because I'm an idiot. As someone who did the massive, like, I played with a couple of friends for like maybe two months. We were messing around with it every once every once every week. And I'm the guy that once you start something, you get super into it and you want everything. So I free grinded a lot in those two months. And I learned very quickly, $500,000, if you know what you're doing, does not take long to do for free. And when I see GTA Plus, I think of every gotcha mobile game that wants you to pay $25 to summon 
10 things that won't even be good. And that's kind of the equivalency. 500 grand in GTA gives you jack squat now. It used to give you decent stuff, but like you want some of the best cars in the game, you're going to have to go for like four months waiting for that money if you don't play the game at all. So good luck with that, I guess. I, even if it was a dollar, I'd be like, no, nah, this is a waste of time. There, there, there are different services. Like I think, I think Game Pass gives you rewards like that. I know Prime does. I think, I think PS Plus did for a while. I think Epic did for a while. I don't know if they still do. Like, there's a lot of things that like you can get these bonuses elsewhere, and get other stuff that isn't just these random little trinkets that they're giving you. So Rockstar, um, fuck you, but you know, you're going to make a ton of money off this because apparently GTA gamers are stupid and like to just give you lots of money for nothing. So that you can, you can join EA sports and I guess in all their microtransactions too. Actually, you're probably better than EA sports these days. What is actually making more money every day? Is it FIFA or is it GTA? That might actually be a hard question to answer. It might be FIFA now, but that's because FIFA gets a new game every year, which is cheating. Yeah, the question I have is, who is this service for? Because I imagine that your hardcore GTA fans are probably already sitting on a on a pile of cash. Like it's it's for the ten thousand people that will spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month on this game. That's literally what it is. I I, I get that, but like you said, five hundred thousand isn't a lot. And like, how much is that trade off? In like, if you buy a shark card, you know how much that is. I mean, let's see. Shark cards. Because my question is, is like, is it just cheaper to go out and buy a shark card than it is to buy this membership? And then it okay. comes with all these perks and cars and stuff that you might have missed, but those will be the people, like those are your hardcores who probably already bought that stuff. Then it makes me think, is this for like the people who haven't gotten into GTA as sort of a way to kind of boost and get to the front? Because if that's the case, you've got an uphill battle in convincing them that they need to pay this monthly subscription or you would just instead just buy a shark card. So it looks so, like... I don't know. It looks like right now, unless this is like completely all over the place, and I can't even tell if this is Canadian or U.S. dollars because it doesn't really say. Um, for five hundred grand, it's thirteen forty nine. That's probably Canadian because because it's I'm just okay. going off their website, which means it's probably auto translating to me. But like, again, that's already a ridiculous price. Even having that is a ridiculous price for what it gives you. It's like I said, with, with a lot of mobile games, most of the microtransactions you pay for in those things are not remotely close to the value that you're getting for them. So hmm. if you're asking who's this for, for the same idiots that buy shark cards, that's, that's the answer. It's for the exact same people. It's just saying like, here, give us money every month now. And we can guarantee that even if you're not playing the game, you're going to spend money on this because like a lot of people with gym memberships, you forget you got it. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those it's it's gonna be a trickling economics for maybe yeah their their current users, but I don't know I I don't quite see how this works out and like who how successful this is going to actually they don't need be. to care they make so much money daily off of this game that they can do whatever they want it doesn't matter at this point yeah anyways I I saw this and I just I think all of us or a lot of us just shook our head and been like ugh. Really? Oh, this literally 99.9% of us looked at this and said, really, Rockstar, you, you can't even give us information on your new fucking game. And here you are with this service, like after this game is like almost old enough to drink. And I say that hyperbolically, but that's how long it feels like this game's been out for. So like, it's not that, not that far off, but like, 
the other 0.1% is sitting there being like, this is the best thing Rockstar's ever done. I can't wait to give them more money because I'm a fucking sheep. I, that's all I can really say. Like most of us, most of us sane people look at this and say, yeah, that's stupid. But there's always those couple of people that went, are you kidding me? That's a deal. How's it a deal? I mean, it, have you seen it? Look, Rockstar said it's a deal. So it's a deal. Like you just have those people, like the same people that justify, you know, that EA charging you for copious amounts of money for fix for like not even real cards in a video game are worthwhile. You know, it's just, it's yeah. just how it is. Like enough people get fooled by this stuff still to this day. And it just, it just yeah. goes to show you that Rockstar was confident enough that even after all this time with the shark cards, they were like, no, that's not enough. Let's see how much further we can go. And the fact that it's still going to work for them, they're still going to make money. It doesn't matter to them. They might as well just go all in and just charge you $50 every month just to play the game anymore. And there would still be enough money that they could make off of it. That's how stupid things are these days. Yeah. All right, Adam. Uh, let's wrap this up with uh, my favorite segment of the show. I guess it's really the only segment other than the news. <laughs> uh, trophy Stumpers. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time joining us, Trophy Stumpers is a game we play every week where I give Adam a game. I give him 10 trophies, uh, and he has to guess the game based on those trophies. Could also be a, a game or an Xbox game. It doesn't have to be trophies, but just general achievements. So I'm going to give him 10 clues. He's going to have three guesses to guess the game. Adam, are you ready? Yes. As long as, as long as you All don't right. do any cheatsy doodling like the Sly Cooper thing. I'm still mad about it. I... We, we talked about this. I gave it back. <laughs> All right. So trophy number one, join the army, they said. Okay. Trophy number two, see the galaxy, they said. Okay. And brothers in arms. Okay. Okay. Next level. I, I don't even have a guess for that. Like, I guess I could just go. I'm sorry. I was thinking about it. Like, it doesn't make sense to like have it at random spots. So I'll give you, you got three guesses throughout the game. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop at three, give you a second. If you want to like talk us through what you're thinking, then I won't um, waste it. Cause I got nothing. It. All right. You got no clues. You got no idea. Nah, I, I, I definitely need some time first. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, next one. No man left behind. Okay. Next one, the element of supplies. Huh. It's the element of supplies. All right, I'm not really sure. Still, I'm okay. still, I'm still kind of sitting here being like, that could be a lot of things. The last one is Royal Roadkill. Royal Roadkill? Yeah. So we have join the army, they said. See the galaxy, they said. Brothers in arms. No man left behind. The element of supplies. And royal roadkill. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm still... I don't have anything that really gives me an idea yet. Okay. Uh, it's raining hell. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll just throw a doom then as one of my guesses, but I'm sure that's not right. It is not, it is not doom. Okay. Spreading managed democracy. S spreading managed democracy spreading managed managed democracy m-a-n-a-g-e-d okay spreading okay. managed democracy when the when the wrong tools do the job are they still wrong okay 
And the last one, the epitome of Super Earth. Wow. All right. So let me go through the trophies again, and you just kind of walk me through what your thought process is. What do you think I'm trying to hit you at with these I, I know it's a game that would that would be more of a comedy aspect because the trophies are very jokey written. So I'm just trying okay. to like determine what could possibly fall into that based on it. So yeah, go through the list again. Okay, so join the army, they said. See the galaxy, they said. Brothers in arms. So what does that give you? What does that kind of lead you towards? Well, it's a shooter, no doubt. It's just a okay. matter of... Okay, so it's a shooter, space, it has to do something with it. And you're also thinking probably a comedy element, so okay. Okay. Next ones were uh, No Man Left Behind, The Element of Supplies, and Royal Roadkill. Okay, I keep going. I'm still, I'm still kind of digesting a little bit of it. And the last ones were It's Raining Hell, Hallelujah. Uh, when the Wrong Tools Do the Job, Are They Still Wrong? Spreading Managed Democracy and the Epitome of Super Earth. Okay. So, like I said, I'm leaning shooter, takes place in space, has a funny element to it. There aren't a lot of things that qualify, and when it has a sort of achievement that reminds me of doom because of the hell raining hell, hallelujah. The last one that leans me in this direction is the, the wrong tools for the job. Is it still, is it wrong thing makes me feel mm -hmm. like it's, it's a game that's very reminiscent of using things around the map to your advantage. And the only game that kind of falls into all of those things would be bullet storm. It's not bullet storm. Unless, unless you're trying to be technical with me and it's Bulletstorm Full Clip Addiction. Nope. Edition. I will not pull that BS. It is not <laughs> a Bulletstorm game. All right, well, what's the correct answer then? Okay. Oh, you don't want to use your other guesses? You got nothing else? Oh, I, oh, I, oh I'm allowed three guesses altogether. Okay, well, shit. Now I mean, we got to figure this out. We're kind of we're tweaking this game a bit. We're going to figure this out. All right, well, if, it's, if there's anything else to it, oh, God. What else could apply to that? I don't know. I'll just throw out the Outer Worlds. It's the only other thing that would kind of qualify. Okay. It is not the Outer Worlds. Okay. I get one more guess, or you, you tapped out. Well, I, I I'm trying to think. Space game shooter probably has a comedy element to it. Um. No, nah, I got nothing. I got I got nothing. So the ones, the, I'm honestly the ones surprised it wasn't Bulletstorm because I figured I narrowed it down as much as I could. The ones I'll give you a couple hints. So the ones to kind of highlight are, um. It's raining hell, the epitome of super earth, and spreading managed democracy. Those would be the the ones that highlight for you. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. So I'm already tapping out, okay. but so I've officially taken the L here. Can you tell me what the console it's on? It is a PS4 game. Okay. I think it might be on other consoles. Let me check. But I played it on PS4. Am I correct, though, that it's a shooter? Kinda. Kinda. Oh, okay. So that... Yeah, so it's a PlayStation... It is a PlayStation exclusive and, and on Microsoft Windows, but yes. PlayStation exclusive. PS4, PS3, and Vita. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm probably going to feel stupid when you tell me what the answer is. I don't know if you've played this game now that based on our conversation. Uh, the game is Helldivers. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes perfect. Like, I know of it. I've never played it. Oh, God. Helldivers was such a good game. I love that game. Uh, yeah, it was this top... like So, like, it is a shooter. It's a top-down, like, twin-stick shooter. But it was so awesome. Because, like, you're playing as, like, basically like a, like a space marine in space. And you fought robots, like, bugs, and something else. I can't remember what the last one was. But, like, yeah, I'm kind of looking at the like, gameplay trail. It almost kind of reminds me of, like, um, a Starship Troopers kind of vibe to it. It very much Starship Troopers vibe. And so you're going out and spreading, like, democracy across the galaxy or whatever. But the cool thing was is you would play with four other Helldivers or players. And, like, you could bring different weapons to the thing. So, like, one of you, you could call down different, like, equipment. So, like, you can rig yourself up to have, like, a mech suit or, you know, uh, orbital strike or whatever. And what the cool feature was is that, like, you would use the directional pad to put in code. So, like, you know, down, down, up, left, right, left, right, up, down, one. And that'd be like a call sign to drop down like a mech onto the map for you to use. But the other cool thing is that you had um, friendly fire. So like it's a twin stick shooter, but if someone ran in front of your gun, you would shoot them and you could kill them. And so like we'd end up playing with um, a couple of like my buddy and his wife and then my wife and I would play. And Jen was notorious for just taking anybody out. Like everyone had to stay behind Jen. Like Jen was suppressing fire on everything including us and it was just i have so many good memories of playing that game and i think it was a playstation plus game i think you might be right i may actually have it i just never yeah you know what i know i have it i know i've seen it on my on my library before i've just never played it because it's like it's like a lot of ps plus games you go for the one at the top and you kind of don't think about the rest of them and then it's too late by the time you actually have open space to try them yeah, no, Helldivers was a fantastic game. I absolutely loved it. Totally worth uh, our time, your time. And I'm so sad. I thought I narrowed it down perfectly to Bulletstorm because everything applied. Because like even the last bit, like I said, the if it, if it's the wrong tool for the job, is it really wrong or whatever that that amalgamation is? Because a big part of Bulletstorm is just randomly using like objects around the map, like just kicking people into like plants and doing the job and having the kills yeah. done for you. So like, no, I, I thought totally understand. That like that one made the most sense. So as soon as you're like, no, I'm like, okay, well then I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> you want me to do one more guess? Okay, Outer Worlds is a shooter in space with funny stuff, sort of. I guess that's the best I can pull off. Yeah. So the the thought process I had is like I, I got like the join the army, see the galaxy. So like space shooter, and then with stuff like the element of supplies and wrong tool for the job, like the idea of like you could bring like you can have like sort of loadouts and stuff. Uh, yeah, no and I, honestly, for a game that has like no like for that's an indie game that some people would not know, you definitely did a good job of like helping me narrow it. It's just hmm. I had to remember what that game was about in order to do it, which is the downside. Oh yeah, and that's part of this is like if you don't have the game in your mind, there's you can't even there's nothing you can do to get there. So, anyways, uh, we'll put this on the on the record as an L. So, yep, I'll accept this one. Speak no 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 BS on of, this one. What's not an L? is this episode in this podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We're going to wrap it up there. Well, we still have the W here. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts or your videos by searching for pixel play podcast. We're on YouTube. We're now on Spotify with a video, or you can listen to us on audio. If you don't want to see our mugs, will we do this show? Uh, if you're one of our regular fans, thank you so much for listening to us. We know that we've been getting more and more listeners and we welcome you to the community. If you want to get deeper into the community, we do have a Discord. We'd love for you guys to join us. Be part of the conversation. We talk about all these news topics before we go live. So you're more than welcome to come and jump in and give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. Uh, if you want to be part of our social and see what's going on, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram by searching Pixel Play Cast. And you can always send us your questions, comments, or suggestions for trophy stumpers at pixelplaypodcast at gmail.com. 
uh once again thank you guys so much for listening uh if you guys want to you know share it with your friends we really appreciate it send it to your grandma you know put it on when you go for your walk if you have to go to work if you're now going back to the office leave it playing for your dog or cat to listen to they get lonely without you there so you can leave us there and you know we'll talk to them while you guys are gone and they'll know more about video games and have some good opinions and discussions when they get home all that being said thank you so much we appreciate you guys and we'll talk to you guys next week bye for now